This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Awesome, guys. It's such a privilege to be here. I really uh, thank you. Uh, I, I, I'm, I get so excited to preach. It's, uh, it's a privilege to be here in front of every one of you. And it's such a privilege speaking about David. He was one of those guys. I used him in my preach last time as well. But he was one of those guys that you keep on reading it, and you, you're so amazed by how humble he was, how honoring, respecting he was. So if you, if you see David, um, it took about 22 years from where he was anointed by Samuel to be king to when he actually became king. 22 years. Who is, well, all the under 22s are out at the moment. So that's, that's a long time. For you to hold on to a promise. He, he went through a few things. And now the guy that's keeping him from the promise, actually, it's, uh, you, you, you see is Saul. And Saul really hated him. So Saul really was so jealous of him. He tried to kill him so many times. Saul tried to kill him. But still, David respected him as king. He wouldn't lift his hand towards Saul. Twice, he had an opportunity and we see that in the scripture, 1 Samuel 24, uh, verse 4, it says, oh, there we go. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, and the men of David said to him, Here's, here is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will give you your enemy in your hands, and you shall do to him as, shall, uh, as it shall seem good to you. Now, what does David do? Then David arose and and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now, if I was David, and each one of you just listening to the, even, even in Sunday school, you're like, Neiman, just stick him. Stick him. Okay, not in, not, in, not, in, not in Sunday school, though. <laughs> but just, hey, this guy is between you and, and what, what your calling is, man. Just take him out. Come on. This is. But two chapters later, again, Saul is... Is, is coming to find David, and once again, two chapters later, here, David is speaking to one of his men, and he says, the Lord forbid that I should put out my hand against the Lord's anointed, but take now the spear that is at the head and the jar of water, and let us go. Once again, the Lord put Saul into a, a, a sleep, and once again, he didn't take that opportunity. He didn't. So you would think, what David went through, almost 22 years, when he's hearing of Saul that's, that died, you would think he's kind of rejoicing and being happy, like doing a, doing a happy dance. No, he's not. He's full of remorse, and he's sad. And if you guys want to turn to that in the, in the Bible, 2 Samuel verse 1 to 11, this is the emotion we didn't expect of him. But here, then David... And all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan, and for the army of, army of the Lord and for the nation of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. So David, he was grieved by Saul, even though he knew it. Saul didn't treat him well. Saul hated him. This is where we see 
a man after God's own heart. He didn't, he didn't get anger and bitterness and, and hatred towards Saul. No. He was mourning him. You can even see it, the respect and the reverence that he had uh, a couple of verses later. And he's lamenting here. He's saying in, in verse 19, a gazelle, gazelle, gazelle lies slain on, on your heights, O Israel. How the mighty have fallen. He's going through true remorse, through grief. And I'm preaching about grief today. One of the first thoughts that came up was a battle that I had when my father died about a year, year and a half ago. He died of a heart attack a few days before Christmas in a festive season where everyone is happy and supposed to be jolly. It's like an anticlimax. Now I'm sad and I don't know why I'm supposed to be happy and joyful, but I'm sad because my dad just died. And everyone knows a father plays a big role in your life. And I'm, I'm my mom that, that studied psychology, I'm sitting with her and I'm telling her this. And, and she, she told me about this while she was studying. There was this Kipler-Ross five stages uh, of grief. And I'm, I'm going to share this with you, not because I'm a psychologist or that I am a learned person or anything like that. And, and guys, even psychology without Jesus means nothing. Jesus is the one that's taking you through those steps. Jesus is the one. So I'm sharing this because this really helped me, and I want to share this with you. So I don't want to sound all smart. So this Kitler Ross, you can get it on healthline.com or Google it, whatever. It's a, it's a, five, it's a five steps to grief. And uh, what it is, is one, denial. Do they have a day? I hope, hope so. Okay, maybe not. Okay, there we go. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. So it's, it's different stages. So if I can explain it to you this way. Oh, there we go. Okay, you, you kind of have it there. I wanted to do that a little bit later, but thank you. That slide is good. We'll get back to that. So the example of denial. So in the beginning, you're like, ah, you, you, you forget it happened. Your dad died. You're still expecting a WhatsApp. I was still expecting a WhatsApp of maybe one of these Bitcoin messages that my dad would send me. And, and you know what? And then you, you don't get that WhatsApp in you. It, it, it takes time to sink in. Then you realize, oh, yeah, he's dead. I forgot that. Forgot that. That's the denial phase. That's the first thing of grief. But we don't just, when I speak about grief, there's different, different areas. It might be that you, that you uh, lost someone. It might be that you went through a relationship or a marriage. It might be that you lost your job. It might be that you and a family member fought, and there's this, this trauma that happened to you. There's so many ways that we go into grief and we don't always know it. So the denial stage, if it is that you're breaking up with someone or there's a divorce, is, ah, oh, they're, just, they're just upset. They will, they will be over tomorrow. They'll come back again tomorrow. When you lose your job, the denial phase says, uh, they were mistaken. They, 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 uh, they call to, uh, they'll call tomorrow and ask me back again. They made a mistake. So when we go to the next phase, after, after you have your denial, then you start getting angry. Getting angry at that person, getting angry at the world, you're just angry. You're getting angry because it, it's, it's emotions that you're going through. So the next one is, I remember um, thinking, I'm so angry at my dad because 
he died of a heart attack. He knew he had cholesterol. Man, I knew how he ate. He should have gone on that diet that we spoke about. I was angry at him. I was angry. And you have maybe if you, if you broke up with someone, and said, I hate that person. He'll regret leaving me or she or whoever or, or that job. Those bosses are terrible bosses. I hope that place burns or uh, goes, goes bankrupt, not burned down. <laughs> Just, you're angry at that. The anger is there. But then you, uh, even, even uh, uh, in, in that passage that we have, uh, David was angry um, at the guy that, that, that uh, stabbed Saul. What he said is, how is it you were not afraid to put out your hand to destroy the, God, the Lord's anointed? Then he had him taken out. The next phase is where you start bargaining with yourself. And you start, you start thinking, maybe if I did something different, maybe if I, I remember me and my brother, we spoke, let's move my dad closer, because he was all the way in Hartbeesfontein. He was, he was alone. He died alone. But I was thinking, yes, if I moved him closer, maybe, maybe if he was closer, if he had the heart attack, maybe someone was there to assist him and we would have gotten him to the hospital. This is all my fault. That's what we go through. We start bargaining with ourselves. And the same if it's someone that maybe goes through a divorce, they would say, if I only had spent more time, if I only had those conversations, if I was more available, or it's someone that goes through a breakup, someone that lost a job would say, hey, if I just worked those extra weekends, if I just worked harder, I would have shown them. But we don't know those things. We don't know that what you have done would have to have made a difference. Then there's the depression phase, and, and thank Jesus I, I didn't go into that. But this is a scary phase. It's that dark hole. It's that dark tunnel that you go through. It's that cement, the prophetic words that, that went out that you get stuck into. So what happens with that? You, you, you decide that, you know, is it worth it? Is it worth living anymore? Is it, you, these thoughts come, come up in your head. But then there's a final stage. And it's the, uh, it's the stage where you accept it. And this is what, where the Lord worked in my heart and said, I accept that my dad died. I accept it. You know what? I, I'm so thankful for the Lord, for the memories that he, that he, while he was here, the memories that I have, going through those photos, the memories, thank you, Jesus, for the time. And thank you, Lord, for sending him on earth that I could spend time with him. Someone who goes through a, a divorce or a breakup might say, you know what? The Lord is going to bring the right person over my path. And the person that lost his job, the Lord's got the right workplace. The Lord's got the right work environment for me where I'm going to grow. He's, it's all in his big plan. So the Psalms, if you look at it, it's all a, a lament. 70% of the Psalms is lamenting. There's, there's books in the Bible called Lamentations. It's people lamenting. And you, and you can see David, he's heartbroken. He's lamenting. One of my favorite Psalms, and it's probably one of your favorite Psalms as well, and, and this actually this minister to me, this psalm, is Psalm 23. 
it's like one of those that we, we, we keep on, uh, uh, you know, we, we read it and we stand in faith. But if I can just read it quickly with you guys. So, so Psalm 23 verse 1 is, you all know it. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know when you're small, you, 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 you learn those verses. But I'm going to skip to the, the one verse that, that, that is important for me. And that's verse 4. And so, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comforts me. That valley of the shadow of death, we're all going to go through that. It might not be death. It might be different situations in your life. But you're going to get that day because there's storms in life. It's going to happen. It's going to be at your doorstep. So sometimes if I look at this valley, we just want to go through it quickly. But it takes time. Grief is a process. It's not something that you, ah, oh, let's quickly do a funeral for my dad. Let's get it done. Next, let's have some chow afterwards and everything is fine. And no, the moment you rush that process, all of a sudden one day it just explodes. It's all these emotions that you've been holding up and, and, and holding in, it will explode one day. You need that process. That's why in the different cultures, if you look at the African people, they do it well. They have a, sometimes a week or so, am I right? It's a, it's a pre-tears event, the, the, the funeral. Then there's after tears. and there's, I, I don't know a lot about the culture, but you guys mourn well, so you have time to actually go through those grief phases. You've got time. And, and, and in the Bible, you see the Israelites, they would mourn Moses for 30 days. They would take 50 days to mourn. That's quite... But we, especially the Western model, we quickly bury them. We get it done. And then, hey, life needs to go on. So that valley of the shadow of death, we try and run through it quickly. But sometimes we even so insensitive when someone is taking time. And different people take different time. It takes longer for, for other people to just get through that. It takes longer. But we're so insensitive sometimes. It's like we say... It's been a week now. Come on, get over yourself. <laughs> We're insensitive to what the Lord is doing in their lives. So, the thing about going through the valley of the shadow of death is it's walking through the valley. It's not camping in the valley. And the moment you start camping is the moment depression starts hitting you. The moment you are in that valley of the shadow of death or valley of Baca or uh, the valley of, oh no, oh no, <laughs> it's happening. If, you, if you're in those valleys, walk through it. The moment you start camping, yes. <laughs> Let's give the Lord a clap. The moment you start camping is the moment, is the moment you start falling into depression. Can I quickly, that graph that was there earlier, I wanted to, to show that again. For all my, all my friends that, that had uh, statistics or math, in, in college, in school, they'll be proud of me. Is we've got the it's a U-shape, <laughs> it's a U-shape uh, axe, and it's the uh, the Y-axis and the the X X and the Y. There we go. U-shape pattern. So you, you see, I'm, I'm just messing it up. So actually, what I try to see, what I try to do here <laughs> is so you have the different stages. You have the denial, the anger, the bargaining. And the depression, that's that valley where you're stuck in. And if you don't get out of that, you're going to camp there. 
You're going to be stuck in that cement. Can I quickly get, yo, come quickly. There was a ball that I, that I had there. I, I just want to quickly do an illustration here. And this is how the Lord, yeah, don't put it back, put it back. No, no, put it in the sock, put it in the sock. It's part of the illustration, yeah. Sorry, sorry, guys. I should have. <laughs> no, you're doing good. So, so Potty is going to be, he's going to help me. He's going to be Jesus today. So, yeah, look at that smile. <laughs> Thank you, Potty, for being here. So, guys, so if I'm, this is how the Lord showed it to me. Sometimes life throws you a curveball. So you've got this, this event that happened with you. Throws you a curveball. And you know what? You start working through it. And the Lord shows you, you know, there's, there's some walls that, you, that you're building. You need to take these layers off of your heart. You need to take these walls that you build around your, your heart. You need to break it down. You need to, you need to unpeel this onion. I'm just going to do that. There we go. <laughs> and now you have it. You, you're speaking with friends. You're going through that grief. And you, you, you're discussing this. You, uh, you know, that family member that did this to me. I'm so angry at them. No, no, no. But you, you're speaking. You're voicing it. You're lifting this out here and you, you're showing it. And then there, there comes a point where you've been talking about this and you need to lay it on the altar, as the prophetic word was saying earlier. You need to give it to Jesus. You need to lay it on Him. But instead of doing that, you don't. You walk away. You start admiring this. You start worshipping this. This becomes an idol. You start... You can come, come closer. Jesus is always close by. You can just, you can just put your hand on my shoulder. So, so you, you sit here sometimes. I don't know if you guys can all see me. So you sit here and you, you hide away. You hide in your cave. And you look at this. And this becomes an idol. You start worshipping this. And, and an idol is anything that you put above the Lord. And you, you in your grief and you're like, you don't know what I'm going through. No one knows. And you're isolating. You are really, man, you are really one of those that, because, because you are sitting and you are, you are making your remorse, this idol. That it, but I just can't get over this. I can't. Well, you are supposed to take this and give it to Jesus. Here we go. Okay, so, so I'm, I'm going to ask you to bring it back again later, but anyway, so I want you to throw it, throw it as an illustration. So the, don't, don't hurt someone, there we go, yeah, woo, having some fun in church, yeah. <laughs> okay, for the guys online, no, uh, no people were hurt shooting this. <laughs> Did you throw someone? You can bring your ball back, thanks, sorry. So actually what I wanted to do with that last part of the illustration is actually Psalm 103 says, your transgressions, the Lord removes it as far as the east is from the west. It's something that's over. It's over. He moves it away. Amen. And, and Isaiah, Isaiah 53, verse 3 says this, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and Acquainted, acquainted with our griefs. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. 
Guys, he carries that. Where's the ball? Can I have it back? I want to still use it as an illustration. Thanks. Let's give Potty a hand of applause. <laughs> too, too much sports today. Sorry. Here we go. <laughs> I didn't have good ball skills. <laughs> so, um, guys, what I want to say is it doesn't mean that now I'm saying that that loved one that you lost, that you should just forget about them. And no, 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 no. It means that you're accepting this. You're accepting what happened. You're accepting that the Lord is taking this pain away. You're giving it to Him and you don't take it back. You're giving it to the Lord. You don't come take it back again and then you just, oh, what was it? I'm so, so sad again. You accept that that person He's not here anymore. He's maybe somewhere better. You know what? Thank you, Jesus, for the memories. Thank you, Lord, for that person that was in my life. And you leave the grief behind him, by Jesus. There's a, a story that I, that I read. Um, it was this, this lady that, while she was still in the world, she underwent a few abortions. And later on, she became a Christian, repented. The Lord, she knew that the Lord forgave her. She married a godly man. She married a godly man. And, you know, they, they had children. And, and at the end of the day, she, the children were perfect. But she could not get over this. When this pastor spoke to this lady, what he realized is, she understands that Jesus forgave her, but she couldn't forgive herself. That sin that's being moved away, that's, that's, that's as, uh, moved as far as the east is from the west, when we, when we keep on looking at it, we make this an idol. We need to know that Jesus forgave us. Nothing, nothing, nothing can't be washed away by the blood of Jesus. What, we, what we're basically saying is, Lord, this is unforgivable. This is unforgivable. You don't understand. This is, is this something that's higher than Jesus? Can he take this away from you? He can. And there's maybe people here today that needs victory in that. People that went through something in their life. But you need to give it to Jesus and you need to know He's forgiven you. You need to know that He wants to take that grief away. He wants to take that sorrow away. You might be here saying that, I can't, that's, that's just too much. I, I, I just can't trust that there's going to be a better day in my life. Things, I don't know if things are going to get better. Sometimes, you need to shout out to the Lord when you sometimes go into your room and you pray and you're angry and you're, you're heartbroken. You need to shout out to the Lord. You need to speak to Him because He's always there. He wants you to speak. The moment you start hiding away from Him, that's when you start holding it in. You need to speak to Him. You need to lament. Sometimes it's a worship that you pour out your heart, that you tear up and say, Jesus, Jesus, take this from me. Jesus. Sometimes, I know my wife journals. 
And when we couldn't fall pregnant for almost five years, went to fertility clinics, went to so much, you're feeling, you're feeling that you're un, uh, inadequate because you can't. You, it's, uh, uh, and it, we had prophetic words so many times of children and we just can't fall pregnant. I, don't know, I remember my wife was just journaling, speaking to the Lord. Lord, and then she would cry at night because once again, there's another pregnancy test that shows negative. Once again, another month that we weren't able to fall pregnant, holding her. And she would ask me, why? Why is this happening? And I didn't know. I couldn't tell her. But the thing is, that I could say is, love, we need to keep trusting. Corey Ten Boom has this saying. If they can maybe put it on the board. I need to get the saying. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> when, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the tickets and jump off. You still trust the driver. When you are in that dark hole, when you're going through that dark part in your life, you keep on trusting in the driver. You don't grab that steering wheel again and you say, no, I'm going to take control of this. You keep on trusting the driver. Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we don't know why things happen. Uh, the, just just uh, a few weeks ago, spending time with a, a father that buried, buried three, years, three of his children. We were at a funeral and it's, it's the third child. We don't know why. But we keep on trusting. Sometimes we say, Lord, help, my, help me to believe again. There's this, this uh, scripture in, in, in Mark 9 where it was this, this father that has a child that's, that's demon-possessed. And he brings this child to the disciples to cast out this demon, but they just can't. And then what happens is he, he goes to Jesus. Now, this child, the, the, the evil spirit that was in him, was throwing that child into the fire, throwing it into the water, trying to kill this child. How would you feel as a, as a parent, seeing that that's your child? I was just, my heart was just going out of that, that father. And he goes to Jesus and he says, please have mercy. Have pity on me. And Jesus looks him in the eyes and he says, everything is possible for those that believe. And what this, what this gentleman says is so remarkable. He says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because sometimes we go through things and we do not have the strength. We need to hold on to Him and trust that, Lord, help my unbelief. There was a guy that I followed on, on Facebook, Nabil Qureshi. And man, this, this, he, was on, he was on fire. He was a superstar. He was this... this uh, um, guy that was a Muslim, and he gave his heart to Jesus, and then he was on fire. He wanted to, uh, to, to get people to Jesus as soon as possible. He was, I, I remember he was one of these apologists, and he would debate 
Muslims. And I'm just like, wow, yes, the knowledge that this guy had. But the, the amount of Muslims that gave their, gave their hearts to Jesus was amazing. How this guy had a passion for the kingdom. And then, one day, he had a diagnosis of cancer. He was 35 years old. He's very young. And soon later, he died. We sometimes don't know. We sometimes don't know why. But I remember I was, I was heartbroken because he had this young daughter that he left behind and a young wife. You don't know why things happen in life. We don't know. We might never know. We might, the Lord might reveal certain things to us. Maybe one day in heaven we'll know. But the one thing that he prayed that shook me was this. As he's in, in the hospital bed, his last video that was, he was sending it out on Facebook and just for people to pray with him. As he's breathing and he's, <gasps> you can see this guy is busy dying. He gets emotional because he is a warrior for God. That's, that's it. His cancer is attacking his body. And what he's praying is, Lord, please heal. Please come through. But then he has this smile. If it shouldn't be your will, your sovereign will at the end of the day, then I trust you and I love you anyway. Is that what we are going to say in our troubled times? Lord, I don't know why, but I trust you. I trust you, Jesus, in everything. I trust you, Jesus. Can we say that? Or do we question our faith? Because he didn't. Can I ask the, the band maybe to come up? So, we can... We can isolate and carry this, and this will suck us in. It will be a, a, a bottomless pit and we'll keep on falling. But we need people around us. We need community. We need friends and family that's standing around us. That's maybe having their hands on our shoulders and saying, hey, we're praying with you. You can get through this. We need friends that gives you a hand to pull you out of that pit that you're sitting in. That's why you need a light group. That's why you need a community. But most of all, we need Jesus. That hole that we're in, that emptiness, that void that you have inside of you, only Jesus can fill that void. Only Jesus can fill that void. Only Jesus can take that grief and sorrow away from you. And I want to ask everyone to bow their heads, close their eyes. We're coming to the most important part of today. Made Christ Jesus your Lord and personal Savior. I'm going to take time today. I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you don't know, What's going to happen with you? Where are you going to go? When you drive out here and you're in an accident, if you die now, where are you going to go? I'm pausing here because this can save, your, your, it, save you from eternity in the pit of hell. This is such an important decision and I'm going to lay a claim on this. Don't think I'm still young. I don't have to worry about this. Nabil Qureshi before was very young. 
died instantly, quickly. So I want to ask you, if you haven't made your life right with the Lord yet, I want you to put up your hand. I'm going to give you more time. If you haven't made Him your Lord and Savior, this is the most important decision that you could ever make. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.